0: Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.
1: I started talking last week about what men and women want, and I told you last week that uh, one of my stated goals was to embarrass Julie at least once in the course of the morning. I think I did it. Everybody say amen. That was all right. Well, I don't think this morning would be quite as embarrassing, but uh, we want to have a little bit of fun anyway. Uh, There's this woman that she kind of had it with her husband, and he walks into the bedroom, and he sees her packing, and he goes up to her, and he says, What are you doing? And she says, Well, I'm packing because I'm leaving you. And he says, leaving me? What are you going to do? And she says, well, I've heard I'm, I'm going to move to Las Vegas because I've heard that ladies of the night there get paid $400 for what I'm doing for you for free. And he went, mm. okay. So she continues to pack, and she's, she moves out of the bedroom. And later on, she's getting ready to leave the house, and she walks by the bedroom door, and she sees him packing. And she walks in and she says, what in the world are you doing? And he said, well, I'm, I'm leaving too. And she said, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to Las Vegas. And she said, why are you going to Las Vegas? And he said, because I want to see you try to live on $800 a year. <laughs> All right, those of you that didn't get that, y'all figured out that. And, yeah, okay, you're getting it now. Y'all are slow, but you're worth waiting on. <laughs> Last week we talked about uh, what men and women want physically and emotionally. And I hope that some of you took... I didn't make the challenge. A different pastor made the challenge. I hope some of you took the challenge that we talked about last week when it came to the physical aspect. I can tell some of you did because you're smiling more this morning, morning than you normally do. And so, uh, so we're excited for you. But we're going to have fun this morning. We're going to talk about uh, what men and women want relationally and spiritually because we think those two elements round out. If all you have is the, the physical and all that you have is the emotional, but you don't have a, a relational health and a spiritual health as, as part of your, your relationship, you're going to struggle. Julie's got a verse of scripture she's going to read for us this morning.
0: All right, last week, if I remember, we said that a good marriage is whose idea? God's. God's idea. It's his concept. He came up with this for our good. Let's read Genesis 2.18. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him.
1: So God is the one who realized that man, you know, what would have happened if God would have created woman first? Would have said uh, she's all right, she can be by herself. But no, he made man first and, and suddenly realized, you know what, man can't be by himself, and so we've got to make a help meet. So marriage or the relationship called marriage was God's idea. Um, now, here's the deal about marriage. What happens in marriage is that a man and woman become one. The trouble is trying to determine which one. Uh, y'all will get that one later, too. All right. Uh, y'all wake up this morning. Now we're going to have a little fun uh, talking about relationships. Okay, several social scientists, they, they begin to study what they con- uh, considered or determined were healthy, um, successful Traits of, well, of marriages. They went and they, they got this group of people together that they said all these folks have successful and healthy marriages. And what they came back with as they began to study them is they came up with a list of 37, we've got them right here, 37 different traits that they thought were contributing factors to being causing their relationship to be healthy and so in other words for you to have a healthy relationship you've got to have at least some of these 37 traits now what i did is i gave this list to julie and without her watching me i told her to find the three that meant the most to her and i would pick out the three that meant the most to me and we would compare and see if we picked in the same now just so you'll know if she picked this one that says um Oh, There's one in here that says, you'll have a healthy relationship if you don't elope. That, yeah, they did not elope. Four out of five couples who elope divorce. I didn't know that. Uh, but so I hope she didn't pick that one or we're in trouble because, you know, okay. So she's going to tell you the three that she picked out. I'm going to tell you the three that I picked out.
0: I chose one that said couples who stay together, uh, who tend to stay together, enjoy talking and listening to one another even when discussing areas of conflict, which goes along with number four that says enjoy each other's company. Twenty-three and number four.
1: Okay, that's two. What's the third one? My third
0: one, actually, that's one because they're similar. Oh. I couldn't narrow it down to three, so they're similar. Here we go. (laughs) Next, number two, (laughs) number 25. Uh, They are empathetic and attempt to understand and meet their partner's needs. And the third one that I chose was they are able to forgive and receive forgiveness from one another.
1: Okay, so we didn't match any of them because my three were not there. I had five. My num- number five says, no, 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 I had three. I picked three, but number five, sorry. Uh, number five was this. One of the traits is that they are trusting and trustworthy and are interpersonally, uh, or inter-personally honest, yet they're tactful. So they're honest with one another. And That's then because I,
0: he's black and white. That's
1: right. And then I picked number 16 was they are able to live within their financial means. And the reason I think I picked that is because you do know that one of the leading causes of divorce is money conflict. It is one of the leading causes, and so that's an important issue. And then I pick number 19. I, one of the leading traits or significant traits is they are real people, they're genuine, and they're authentic. And so you got to have some of those traits. So if you want to see all those traits, we have them. It's pretty interesting. But let us talk to you this morning about what men and women want relationally. All right, and so I'm going to tell you mine, then Julia will tell you what she thinks is important relationally, and we'll see if any of those match. Um, my first one was this: I think that what men want is for women to fight fair. All right, honestly, it, when when I started thinking about uh, what I want out of a marriage relationship, is I want to fight fair. If you, we we heard somebody last night say, well, actually, I've had somebody come up to me last week and say, out of I think they'd been married 50 years, they'd never had an argument, not once. And I looked at the halo on their head and looked at the wings on her back and sent them on home. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not reality for most of us. Most of us, relationships are difficult at times and there are conflicts. But I want us to fight fair. One guy said it like this. He said, in the first year of marriage, the man speaks and the woman listens. In the second year of marriage, the woman speaks and the man listens. In the third year of marriage, they both speak and the neighbors listen. Uh, And some of you understand the truth of that, uh, not because of your relationship, but because of your neighbor's relationship. I understand. All right. So, uh, but I want to fight fair. If we're going to, you know, maybe fight is not the right word, but that's just the way we would say it. I want us to fight fair. I don't want to, when we're having a conflict, I don't want to go back and rehash everything that I did 10 years ago. I don't want to go back two years ago. I want to fight fair. I want to deal with the issue at hand. How many of you know, have known, not the person you're sitting next to now, have known people, maybe it was a sibling or maybe it was a cousin or somebody, maybe somebody you knew that was in a relationship, they, they wouldn't fight fair. Uh, they would always go back and dig up and dredge up everything that had, and it, they never could deal with the current issue because they did everything else. And so I want us to fight fair. Then the, the second thing I want to do is I want you to fight with me, not with me through your parents or through your family. I don't. If we have a conflict or an issue, I don't want her to fight with me through her parents or her family. You know what I've discovered? She'll forgive me faster than her family will because she loves me. Not that her family doesn't love me. I'm just saying she has a more in, um, vested interest in our relationship than they do because they don't live with me. And so it is not fair for her to bring either her family into it or my family into it. Uh, We were kind of fortunate. When we got married, um, I was already youth pastoring in South Carolina. She was living in Oklahoma. So when we got married, she moved to South Carolina where we had no family anywhere. We were 20-something hours away from the closest family member, and it was difficult. But you know what it did? It, it taught us that we have to depend on one another and that we have to work out our, our relationship. She can't run home to mom and daddy every time there's a problem. And I couldn't either. And so it helped us. So if you're in a relationship this morning, don't tell everything to your family members or to their family members because they will choose sides. All right, so don't fight with me through my family or your family. The other thing is this. Don't ever use the D word. We made a covenant when we got married that we would never say the word divorce in a fight. You know why? Let me tell you why. Ladies, hear me this morning. If you ever allow the words I just think I'm through with you. I'm leaving. You don't even have to use the D word. You can say the L word. I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. I don't love you anymore. I'm going to divorce you. Do you know what happens in a man's heart? You're gone. Instantly. Because he thinks that what just took place verbally will also take place physically. And he checks out. So you need to make a covenant very early on that you will never use. If you've already used it, then go back and fix it and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, I'll never use it again, and I ask you to never use it again. That's a line that we will not cross. All right? Um, The next thing that I put down relationally that men want is, I don't want you to push my buttons. Because how many of you know that the lady in the relationship, the woman in the relationship, knows how to push our buttons? Men, can I get an amen? All right, three of you are in trouble. The rest of you played it safe. How many of you know that the woman can push your buttons? Come on. Amen, right? Because she knows what she can say and how to say it, because that's the part of it too. She knows how to say it, that if she wants to, she can push my buttons. I want to remind you ladies of this, and this goes for men too, but I want the ladies to hear me this morning because the women like to use words more than men do. That's just a fact. That the Bible says that words have the power of life and death in them. And so with one word, you can destroy, you can absolutely demolish a man's ego. In other words, what I'm saying to you relationally is if you're going to have conflict, ladies, you've got to do it in a manner that allows the man to keep his dignity. If you destroy that dignity, that ego, you're really in for a long haul. And so, because he'll look for something else to fulfill that ego, all right? So don't destroy ego. So make sure that you don't push buttons. How many of you know that a woman has, should have the last word in every argument? Y'all know that, right, men? Y'all do know that, right? Because anything you say after the last word is just the start of a new argument, right? Come on now, wake up this morning, right? Am I right? Am I? The They're right? afraid to answer. I guess you're afraid to answer. All right, every woman, close your eyes, bow your head, right now. Come on, obey. Come on, close. Your, come on, lady, mama, close your eyes, bow your head. I see you looking around. Come on, stand. I see y'all. I'll call you out, Miss Becky. Close up. All right, every, all the, all right, man. How many of you know that if you say anything after the last word, you're in trouble? Raise your hand. See? All right, pull them back down. All right, all right, you're safe. All right, Julie's going to tell you, um, or I'm, I'm going to tell you the next thing that a man wants. A man wants women. He wants his woman to be honest. I want you to clearly communicate to me what you're really thinking and what you're really feeling. One of the uh, things that Julie and I had to work out, and I'm still trying to figure this out, is when Julie gets upset or she's had a bad day, she doesn't, this is odd, I know, for some women, but she doesn't like to talk. She wants to be silent. She wants to pull off somewhere. I'm not like that. I want to talk it out right now. You know, I want to deal with, but... What, what I'm saying is we got to learn each other's communication style. But, ladies, men need you to be honest. We want you to tell us what you're feeling and you're thinking because what's true last week physically is also true relationally. We don't have a clue. We can't figure you out. We can't read you. We've quit trying. And so we need you to be honest and clearly communicate. Uh, one of the things that I want to strongly suggest to you this morning, women, is this. Be honest about what you spend. Don't hide the checkbook and the receipts and all that stuff. Don't hide those clothes in your closet for six months and then pull them out just like you suddenly got them. You know, be honest. That's one of the areas of communication that we want in a relationship is I need my spouse to be extremely honest about what she spent. In fact, we have a kind of a rule. We don't make major purchases without... Uh, checking with one another. You have to determine what that major purchase is for you. But there is a limit that we will not go over without talking to one another because we know that will break down communication. Uh, uh, Something else, a survey was done. Uh, Men said this, that one of the top priorities in any relationship is clear communication, honest communication. They said they want a woman who answers questions honestly instead of with silence. They, They went on and they said, we want a woman who can who confidently ask for her wants and her needs to be met. We want a woman who can see the truth and tell it like it is while communicating with kindness. And then they said, finally, we want a woman who can communicate without being too critical, who cares about preserving his or her dignity. So we need you to communicate honestly with us. Third, um, just honestly, in a relationship, I don't want my mom. All right. I, I care. I care about my mom. I'm thankful for my mom. So you should have come last week and skipped this week. Uh, uh, you know, uh, no. No, they, were, they were out. No. Julie said, no glad way. She was here this they week. were glad they were speaking somewhere last week. So, no, um, I, I, I cherish my relationship with my mom. But when I got married, I didn't want to marry my mom. I don't need Julie to correct me. I don't want her to raise me, although I know at times she probably feels like she has to. But the reality is is I don't want a mom relationship. In fact, the Bible very clearly states that when we decide to get married, I'm supposed to leave my father and my mother and cling to my wife. And so I I was watching uh, an old episode of Raymond this week. Which is a pretty funny show I'd never watched much of it Until like the last week or so It's hilarious And him and his wife Are having a fight And his mom goes and walks And sits right between them To kind of mediate And the, the wife is saying Why don't you do this Don't you do this And he keeps denying There's no problem No problem And finally, she said Yes there is a problem What do you want And he said Well I guess I want my mom And then he caught himself and realized what he said, and then you'd have to see the rest of the episode. It was hilarious because his brother kept ragged. He, he took a, a, a life-size figure of a woman in a wedding dress and put his mom's face on it and handed it to him. It was pretty funny. But the truth is is that we don't need our mom. Most of us still have our mom, those that are blessed to have our mom. We go to our mom for mom issues. She is not my mom. She's my wife. And so relationally, I want her to be my spouse my help me and then this is not on the screen or anything but I thought about this later I think relationally women hear me carefully men need for their woman to express thanks occasionally for what they do they may not bring flowers on any day except Valentine's Day and they may not uh, be the most romantic person in the world but you've got to understand how a man thinks if he works 8 hours a day and he, he works with dignity and he works hard to provide a house, to help provide a, a provision and food and, and all those things. That's his way. And it's not enough, I understand that. But that is a large portion of the way that he shows you that he loves you. And it helps every once in a while for the woman to say, you know what, I am thankful that you're such a good provider and that you care for me and my, my children. That goes a long ways. That's what we want.
0: I want to say something to women um, Before I talk to the men Women, one of the things that I've seen Over the years when we've talked with young married couples Or people who are getting ready to get married Is there seems to be an issue With um, time And and time spent And who it's spent with So ladies, I would encourage you To allow your man to have time with men He's got to have that, that guy time It is not healthy for you two to be together 24-7 and don't have any other relationships outside of that relationship. Amen? Men? Amen. All right, you hearing me? Ladies, you will be better off if you will give him that, men, that man time uh, for him to develop those types of relationships. And then when he comes home to you, then it's a good thing. But allow that time.
1: Can I get a grunt from the men? Man, man. Yeah.
0: I knew you'd appreciate yeah. that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number one, men, uh, what women want. We... And Steve touched on this, so I'm just going to skim over it. But I also had uh, the the part about the, the finances because we do know that that tends to be one of the major causes of divorces in today's society. So always, always make sure. And we, at one point in our marriage, early on, I think we set a limit uh, as to what we wouldn't spend without talking to each other because we didn't have a lot of money to begin with back then, especially and so every little penny counted, and if, if, if one goes off and spends, and then it creates havoc on our checkbook and that sort of thing. So I would encourage you to even go to the point of setting a limit. We will not spend this, without, this amount without talking to one another before you do that. That's just a good principle to live by. All right, my, my next um, point is men. Women want to feel like we are the most important thing on the face of the earth to you. And I, I touched on this a little bit last week. But I want to have a little bit different twist. Uh, for instance, let me give you an example. If you're in the living room, whether the wife is in there or not, and something questionable comes on the TV, turn the channel. All right? Guard yourselves. Protect yourselves. In fact, Steve and I have put some safeguards into our marriage. And when I've shared this to certain people, they they actually laugh because they can't believe that we've done this. But one of the things that we've said that we will if at all possible, we will never do, is I won't go to lunch. This is just a little example. I won't go to lunch with someone of the opposite sex by myself. We just don't. I don't ride in the car with another man, with just me and and him, and he's the same way. He will not have lunch with a lady, even if it's a meeting. If it's a meeting, it's in a public place with more than one person. You understand what I'm saying there? And I know that to some of you that may sound really over the edge and, well, I can't get by with this because my... You know, we have some men in, in our body here that have women bosses, and it's really hard in that situation to... to
1: we all have women bosses.
0: Well, this one actually writes um, the paycheck, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so you have to be careful in today's society. Don't put your... I'm moving on, you well, see? I got you. Uh, Don't put yourself in the position to be compromised, all right, and, and even if you're the strongest person on the face of the earth, it's, sometimes we have to avoid the very appearance of yeah. evil.
1: We had a, um, a lady in our youth ministry, uh, a, a couple in our youth ministry, that we told this because they were spending an inordinate amount of time with individuals of the opposite sex by themselves. And they looked square at us and said, we refuse to live our life like that. That's ridiculous. Well, they're no longer married, divorced for the same issue and so we just encourage you to do that i remember one time i, I don't think i ever even told julie about this um i had a friend back in north carolina that i hunted with on a regular basis and um we were trying to tune our bows our boat for bow hunting and i went to his house one day uh about four thirty in the afternoon because he'd called and said let's shoot this afternoon, get our bows ready, season's getting ready to open up. And I got to his house about 4.30, and his wife was in the house. I went and knocked on the door. I thought he was there. I went and knocked on the door. She answered the door, and I said, is so-and-so there? She said, no, he's not home yet. He'll, he doesn't get off till probably 5. And I'm going, good gracious, man. I'm 20 miles the other way from where I live. It's 4.30. She said, you can come on in the house if you want to. And I said, no, that's all right. And so for the next half hour, I stood out by my car fiddling with stuff until he got there because I understand the Bible says that we flee the very appearance of evil like Julie said we cannot even put ourselves because now you understand now all it takes is one accusation and you're doomed and so that's some of the safeguards that we have for our own marriage but we've also put that safeguard in place at this church I'm not counseling you women by myself I can tell you right now if I'm counseling you Julie's going to be with me would he cannot counsel a teenage girl by himself. If he's going to counsel a teenage girl, it's going to be with Jesse right by his side. So we we believe that very strongly, and we encourage you to put that in place in your own life.
0: The third thing uh, that I felt was important men for you to know is to never uh, cut down your spouse in public. And I know if you tend to have the personality of um, of using a lot of sarcasm and negativism and that sort of thing, sometimes it's funny and we all joke around, we're all we all do that, but I would encourage you to be very careful not to talk down to your spouse. How many of you know of couples who the man does that to the wife, and, it, and, and vice versa, it goes both ways. It's demeaning to that individual. It may be an inside joke. It may be funny. It may be cute, but you never know the, the long-term impact that, you, that your words have on that spouse. So be very careful not to talk down to your spouse. And mine are short this week. We're going to save some time for prayer at the end. But I also feel like it's very important that we don't tell secrets about our spouse to other people. All right? And I know I've, I've probably been guilty of this at times. So I'll never forget, and my mother-in-law may not remember you this. Have? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if I have, i I want to I'm hear sorry. this. Tell me. <laughs> no. But don't tell secrets. All right? And it kind of goes along the lines of what Steve said about telling your family things. Other people don't tend to forgive and forget as quickly and as easily. Uh, And then it can always be turned around and used against you, so to speak. Uh, But after we got married, my mother-in-law, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we came back from our honeymoon getting ready to go back to South Carolina. We were in Oklahoma, and she just was real wise and cautioned me not to go around blabbing everything that I knew. About our relationship and about my husband. And I, I, that's never left me in these 18 years. I think you have to be very careful to respect your spouse in your conversation with other people because they are, they're human and it's very easy to get the wrong impression or maybe I say something in the wrong way, not meaning to even on accident, that causes someone to see him in a different light. Does that make sense? In a negative light? Okay. And last but not least, how many of you know that? <laughs> I don't know if this is documented, I probably should have researched it, but how many of you know that children can probably be a huge factor in the divorce rate nowadays, and that's probably ugly to say, but children, having children is stressful, and how many of you know, those of you who are parents, how many of you know that those little darlings are, I don't know if they're just born with this innate ability or or what, but they tend to know how to Pair off and how to get mom against dad and dad against mom and they know what to say and how to play. Especially us moms, they play on our emotions. And but dad said I can't. Da 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 da. Anybody been there with your children? So I strongly encourage you to be on the same page. Know the little tactics of those children and. He has to support me in my decisions, and that can be difficult sometimes, I know. And I have to support him in his decisions so that when the ch- the child comes in there, they're not playing us against each other because it's very – and sometimes it's we don't even know what's happening. I don't know that they've already been to dad, or he doesn't know they've already been to me. And when some of you have small children, when they get a little older, you'll understand a little more about this. But it's very, very easy for that child to play us against one another.
1: Because normally, if you haven't figured this out, usually in a relationship, mom and dad relationship, there's one that's uh, – more disciplinary uh, oriented, discipline oriented, one that's more mercy oriented, and they figure it out real quick. And now they use text messaging to do it. Like they'll text one and say, dad, can I have? And I say, no. And they text mom and mom, can we have? And if she says yes, then See we've had, we had our kids aren't here today so we can talk about them. We had this happen not too long ago. Tal has figured out that he can text me and if I say no, he can try to text mom and try. So we've figured out that what we do is when he asks for something we text each other. So you got to close the loop on them cuz they know what they're doing. They play in each other. Playing this against each other. So uh just watch them. But uh, anyway, uh okay, so those are some of the relational things that we want you to think about. Let's talk about spiritually because we believe that Really, the spiritual side of things in a relationship is where it all wraps up, where it all comes to, to a fruition. So let me tell you what uh, men want in a spiritual uh, capacity from women. There, I've only got three, so I want you to listen real close, ladies, because I think these are important. Number one, ladies, we want you to push us spiritually. Push us. Uh, that does not mean necessarily drag me. I want you to push me. I want you to push me and I want you to follow me spiritually as a man. Uh, The word male means, in its original meaning, means designated and marked for distinction. And so... God set that in place. He called us male. He's marked us and designated us for distinction. And what we want from you spiritually is we want you to push us, not nag. We want you to push us spiritually to be all that we can be in God. I need you. To, I need your help to push me spiritually and help me to become everything that I, that I need to be. I want you to, to um, expect me to live up to what I'm supposed to live up to spiritually. And that's the second one. The second one is I want you to understand the importance of my role as priest of our home. Let me fulfill my role as priest. There are are some folks around that don't believe that the man is the priest of the home anymore. I beg to differ. I believe that it's scriptural that the man is the head of the household. He was first; he was designated and marked for distinction. He's set apart as the head of the household. And so, let me let me show you. God said, I believe that God set that in place. Let me show you how we can back that up uh, with some facts. Did you know that when a child, when a child, if you have a family unit, if a child is the first person in the family to accept Christ as their personal Savior, the rest of the family will follow 31% of the time, if they're the first one. When a mom is the first person in the family to get saved, come to Jesus, the rest of the family will follow 17% of the time. But did you know that when a man, the father, is the first person in a family unit unit to get saved, that 93% of the time, the rest of the family members will give their heart and life to Jesus as well. Why? Because he's the head of the home. He's the spiritual priest of the home. And we follow. They've also discovered this, that a child raised in a two-parent home where there is a good to excellent relationship with the dad is 94% less likely to get involved in drugs, alcohol, violence, and antisocial behavior because of the dad's spiritual priesthood over that family. A group of Yale behavioral scientists studied the delinquency in 48 cultures around the world and they found that crime rates were the highest among adults who as children had been raised solely by women then John Hopkins University did research that found that young white teenage girls living in fatherless families were 60% more likely to have premarital intercourse than those living in two parent homes dads hear me, men listen to me we are, like it or not not talking about who wears the pants in the family and all that kind of chauvinistic stuff sexist stuff i am talking about spiritual issues that we are designated by god to lead our household spiritually we've got to step up then the last thing i want to say about the spiritual issue is this is i don't want to be in this alone all right, yes, the dad is the, supposed to be the spiritual uh, head of the household, but I need your help in this area. I don't want to do this by myself. I want you to expect me to be the priest, but I want you to partner with me that we can make our house a spiritual home and that there will be a spiritual relationship. And I, and I really, uh, last night I was reading back over our notes and I wrote this down and I really feel like that this is essential. Women, some of you brag about what we do physically, You brag about what we do emotionally. You brag about what we do relationally. You brag about what we do uh, provisionally. By Oh, that's a great, thank you for bringing a car home. Thank you for getting the house. But you never brag about us spiritually. And I want you to understand this morning that if you will brag about your husband spiritually, he will live up to what you say about him. And so I think you can partner with us in this and make our homes so much stronger spiritually. All right, Julie's going to talk about what the women want.
0: You know, Steve was talking. I I began to think one of the main items on my list, and ladies, we all know we have one when we're looking for that man, was I wanted someone who was spiritually stronger than me. I'd been raised in church. I felt like I had a good relationship with the Lord. I wasn't perfect by any means. But one of the traits that I saw in Steve and that I did want and desire in my husband was I wanted him to be able to lead me spiritually. And I, I praise God I found that. Amen. Um, women want, everything he said, I just can say ditto to. Women want, most women want someone who is desiring to be the head of the household spiritually. Um, can a single mom or can a mom in the household whose man isn't stepping up to that lead the household spiritually? You betcha. We, have, we see it all the time. Is it God's ordained will? No. No, we are out of place when the man doesn't step up to that role. So, man, we want you to take that role. All right, help us out. Help us raise those children with devotionals and prayer and, and leading those children. It is hard work just to raise a child, uh, not to mention to raise them godly in a godly way so we need to partner with one another to help make that load a little lighter uh, ephesians 5:22 through 25 says wives and this is so well known but i want to read it anyway wives understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for christ the husband provides leadership to his wife the way christ does to his church not by domineering but by cherishing so just as the church submits to christ as he exercises such leadership Wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving and not getting. And I wrote down, I'll just read it, if men will lovingly lead as Christ loves and leads the church, then I promise you the women will gladly follow. And I looked up the word cherishing, and and, and, you know it says, we, we don't want you to domineer, but we want you to cherish, which means treating with affection and tenderness, holding dear, Keeping or cultivating with care and affection. And that's what we're given here in the scripture. Men, if you will love us like Christ is saying to love the church, then there's no way that your your wife won't follow you. It's just, it's just natural. It's going to happen. Uh, we want you men to, and I touched on this a little bit last week, but push your wife. Encourage her to pursue what God's given her to do. If that's stay at home and be a mom to those kids and keep that house and keep that family intact, encourage her, support her to be the best stay at home mom she can be. If that's to go teach or go lead a Bible study or go meet with junior high kids at the cafeteria during the day, whatever God has given that woman to do, men, encourage her to do that and don't be intimidated by what God's called her to do. All right?
1: Yeah, one of the things that concerns me a lot of times, and I'll just put this out there and y'all can take it for what it's worth. um, And I've seen, I think this has probably been true in most of the churches I've ever been a part of, is that, guys, we're marked. Men, we're marked for distinction. We're marked to be the head of our household, the priest of our home, spiritual leaders. And yet most churches, the prayer ministry of that church is almost completely, if not solely, women. And when you start talking about prayer warriors, what do you think about? I think about the little blue-haired woman in the church that can bombard heaven. Why not the men? Why, I'll just say it like I'm feeling it this morning. Why, when we call prayer on the first Monday night of each month, is it me and sometimes one other guy at the max? Usually it's just me and a bunch of women. That's wrong. We've got to step up and fulfill and stand in the gap and become the priest of our household that carries over into our church. Now, let me say a couple things, and then we're going to be done. We're going to have some prayer this morning. A couple pointers, one pointer, and then I want to hand out a resource to you. One of the biggest issues I see is this when it comes to relationships. People wait too long to get help. Most of the time, what I've discovered is that when people come to me and they're, they're saying now they're at the place of I'm leaving you and we're at last-ditch effort, now we're just trying to salvage this thing and we've tried everything else and now we want to talk to somebody and get some help, by then it's too late. The damage is already done most of the time, not always. I want to encourage you to find people. If you're a young married couple, you need to find an older couple that you believe has a healthy relationship and exhibits a healthy relationship and talk to them way before you get in so far that you can't get out of trouble don't wait until it's too late relationships do not come with an instruction manual and so we need people to help us and come alongside of us and mentor us and speak into our lives so don't wait until it's all, there's no hope left and then try to get help the people that you go to help for in those circumstances usually are not going to be able to help because they're not magicians and they're not miracle workers and it's too late then and so I just want to encourage you to step up early, early on in the process and get help. We have some resources we want to hand out to you. If uh, I don't know who's got them this morning. The ushers, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, um, Carol and Miss Esther have them. You guys will hand these out. What we've done is we have compiled a list of some books and some websites and then some information about some of the things that are going on here at church that might help you in your relationship. There's some really powerful books on this list some of them you know like the five love languages how many of you have read the five love languages okay a good number of you if you haven't you need to it tells teaches you how to communicate with your spouse in their language because we all have a different love language there's some websites on there that you can go that have articles and books and resources and links to help you strengthen your marriage and your relationship and so i just encourage you to take advantage of that and then there are also three pods listed that are specifically, I think it's three, maybe four, that are specifically designed with uh, uh, people in relationship in mind. And so if you're not um, spending time in those kind of environments, you need to do that because that will strengthen you in your relationship. So we want you to take that, look over it, help it uh, go help, let it help you. There are two, at least two websites on there, men, that are specifically designed for you, but not limited to you because there are two sites on there that will help you with, deal with uh, Internet uh, pornography, it's safe eyes, and then there's another one called, um, uh, what's it called, I can't remember, uh, covenant eyes, yeah, that will help you, and you need to think about that, if you have any issues with uh, internet pornography, uh, you can help your wife a lot, rest easier night, or or just give her peace of mind by signing up for those. And they're really beneficial in that regard. This is what we want to do. We um, we did this on purpose uh, this morning. We, I told Julie I wanted to keep it a little bit shorter this morning because what I want us to do is I want us to have some prayer time. We're going to pray two things. One is I'm going to have all the single folks, because I told you last week that you are not incomplete because you're single. You are complete because Christ dwells in you, and that makes you complete. You are not second rate. But we want to have prayer for you and ask God to give you wisdom and discernment as you move into... Uh, looking for a spouse or whether you make the decision that I don't need a spouse and I'm going to stay single the rest of my life. Wherever you fall in that, we want to have prayer for you. And then what we want to do is we want to have prayer for couples and ask God to strengthen uh, couples and families and that God will make us known as a body of people who have strong relationships. So this is how I want to do. If you're single, I want you to stand with me this morning. Come on, if you're not married, you can stand with me. All right. You see who they are? If you are next to someone that's single this morning, I want you to get your hands on them right now. Lay your hands on them. We're just going to believe that God is going to give them wisdom and discernment and going to speak to them about whether they need to be looking for a spouse. And if that is the case, that God will give them uh, discernment and direction about who to look for. Amen. So if you're married in a relationship and can move out and help me real quick, that'd be great. Make sure every single's got a hand on them. Alright, let's pray together. Father, right now, we just pray for every person that is single in a earthly relationship. God we understand according to your word That we are complete in you That they are not single spiritually That you are in relationship and in covenant With them and father we know that at times It can be difficult to be by ourselves And God I'm just praying that Right now you would strengthen them And God I pray that you'd begin to speak destiny And purpose into their life And God we pray for two things first I pray That if it's your will that they Remain single the rest of their life then God I pray that they would be able To embrace that and that you would give them the strength and the perseverance necessary to live that way and God I pray that you'd bring good friends around them to support them in that decision and allow them to continue to be strong in that decision and not to be tricked and not to fall to any scheme or snare of the enemy in that regard but father let them set their face like flint towards you but Father if it's your will that these folks that are not married if it's your will for them to find a spouse then God I pray that in the name of Jesus right now you would give them discernment and direction and they would be so careful about who they make covenant with and Father I pray that you would that you would run uh that you would run ahead of them and behind them and that you would make sure that nobody comes along that would trick them or snare them or or come against them or cause them to fall. And Father, I pray that you would bring good Christian people into their path that they can make covenant with and it would be a strong covenant in you. God, we come against promiscuity, the spirit of promiscuity that, that says that we have to sin before we get married. We come against that in the name of Jesus. Allow them to continue to be pure. Father, if they've fallen in that area, I pray that from this day forward they would remain pure and holy in that area and that you would be bring the right man or the right woman into their path and you would allow that covenant to take place. And Father, we know that you already know who that is because your word says that you order the steps of righteous men and women. And so we pray that you would allow their paths to intersect and we pray that you would protect that relationship. From this moment forward. And God we give you praise. Don't let us damage those relationships. Before they get to the place where they need to be. God give us your mind. Your attitude. Your eyes. God, give us your eyes. We understand that right now most of us are consumed by our culture's eyes, what they say we should look for. But, Father, we ask you to give us your eyes so that we can see correctly and see who you have planned for us. And, Father, we believe... As a body, we covenant with these folks that we'll try our best to help protect them. We'll speak wisdom into them. If we see a snare ahead of them, we'll speak out to them and say, no, no, be careful. We'll run, uh, we'll run ahead of them if we need to and, and, and make sure that they're safe. And God, when they find that person, we will pray for them and we will celebrate with them. And Father, we'll give you the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, what I would like for you to do is I want every uh, married couple and their children, if they're here, if you would, if you just step out and join us up here real quickly. There's a lot more of you, I think, this morning. And we want to just um, pray with you and get our hands on you. And so if you just make your way up here quickly and stand with your spouse. Just slide on out to the sides, if you will, a little bit. All right, the rest of you, if you would, if you'd stand with me and come help me, you're going to be my prayer partners this morning. Can y'all pray? All right, one of you can pray. Come on, y'all come help me get in behind these folks, if you will. I want us to lay hands on them, because this is what I know. This is what I know. I, I remember, it's been a while, it's been 18 years, but I remember what it was like to be single, and I know it was tough. But I also know this, that the enemy despises families. And if you hadn't figured this out yet, there is a scheme, there is an attack on our nation and and frankly on the world. But we particularly see it in our nation that the enemy is doing everything he possibly can do to splinter and to crush the family unit. Because he knows if he can pull it off, a nation falls. And so I just want us to pray this morning... For family units So those of you that are standing around Those that are married I want you to get your hands on them right now And we're going to believe this morning That God is going to touch them In a special and in a supernatural way And that God is going to protect these family units In the name of Jesus We're going to walk by quickly and touch you We can't stay long on each one But we just believe that God is going to touch these families right now Come on pray with me Father in Jesus name right now Father I pray That you would strengthen Relationship stronger than it's ever been in their life. God, I pray that you touch them. I pray that anointing would rest upon their marriage. I, I just pray that they would know what each other needs and wants, and you would help them to walk in that and to raise this little boy in such a powerful manner, God, that he sees the love in their relationship and it causes him to want what they have. God, I pray that you touch them. We come against any attack on their family in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, God, I pray that God, in the name of Jesus, that you would strengthen the relationships in this family. God, I pray for John and Becky, and I pray for John and Michelle. God, I just pray that you would strengthen their marriage relationships. God, I pray that they would be stronger now than they've ever been in their life. God, I pray that they would depend on you and trust you in a greater measure than they ever have before we come.
0: It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more past resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.